0: What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky, and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Plummer. Now, here's Balky and Plummer. What is up H-Town? A beautiful Friday morning to you. Episode 27 World Series Game 5 edition of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky here with Jeff Blum as always. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Stitcher and of, of course see our bright smiling faces on YouTube which they're probably going to be more bright and more smiling this morning <laughs> <laughs> than in normal days. Um, obviously you can find us on Twitter at Believe in Astros I'm at Jeff Balky and Blummers at blummer27 send us your comments questions uh you know uh what you did in the aftermath of the game last night um did you party a little too hard some of us might have i'm not i'm not saying who i'm not saying who (laughs) so uh blummer how are you doing this morning are you are you having a happy hangover
1: uh or just a just a good day after feeling no, I'm actually relieved that it's a day off. You know, oh. uh, three games in a row of that kind of stress level uh, wears on you a little bit. But yeah. uh, the boys came through, won that game three. I think that was a huge game. Yes, knowing that uh, they only have to win one of their next two to to hopefully win that World Series title.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's the stress level, and particularly last night because last night was really the first super competitive game we've had where it was like down to yeah. the wire, every play mattered. So, yeah, I'm with you. I was ready. I'm like, listen, I watched the whole thing from La Tapatia on Richmond uh, with some oh, friends wow. while we enjoyed a few adult beverages. And uh, that we were on the patio. There was only one other group on the patio with us. They literally started uh, closing the gates and everything around us. Um, <laughs> but there was a, a pretty good-sized crowd inside watching the game. And uh, let's just say everybody there was in a very festive mood. And it didn't necessarily have to do with the margaritas. Although it, it didn't hurt. Let's just it's a pretty good combination, though. It's a very good combination. Uh, little shout out for our sponsor, Basketball is Back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all sport betting needs this season. Uh, you can bet on the Rockets. I wouldn't bet on them to win very much, but you can certainly bet on them. <laughs> You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports events, whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf, or the uh, I, the one I was going to the over-under um, percentage-wise on whether or not Chaz McCormick makes that catch last night. Um, I'm going to say that should have been a big payout. Uh, if they actually had a prop (laughs) bet for something like that one. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Uh, Let's just start with the catch. I I, I mean, it's one of the best plays of the postseason this year. It's a a play that Astros fans will certainly remember. Um, Oh, yeah. And you know, give it up to Chazzy Fizz in his backyard, um, just grew up a few miles from the stadium. This must have been a big deal for him, and, and what a huge, huge play for the Astros.
1: Yeah, I think the anticipation of Chaz being in that ballpark would be that he would do some damage with the bat as opposed to going out there and making a play with that glove. Uh, he's had some big swings in this postseason, but like you said, 35 miles from his backyard to Citizens Bank ballpark. So I'm sure he's watched plenty of games, had dreams of playing in in Citizens Bank ballpark. And here he is in, uh, in the ninth inning on defense in center field, not left field. So it was kind of interesting the way the situation set up with Dusty Baker not going with the defensive alignment that he likes to do with Dubon in center field, Chaz moving to left. I think it had a little bit to do with the closeness of the game and maybe the proximity of Alvarez coming up in that game to to hit and the potential for you needing that offense. But for whatever reason, that ball found Chaz, and I think Chaz found that ball more than it found him because he had to go up and get that thing. And the thing that frustrates me about (laughs) StatCast is I have access to a lot of these numbers uh, through a major league uh, proprietary website. And I went and looked it up today and it says 80% catch probability. And I'm going, are you kidding me? It doesn't take into account the wall. It just says if that ball was hit at a certain launch angle, exit velocity, Mm. and distance, this is the probability of catching it. So if you put him in Yosemite Park, the Grand Canyon, (laughs) it is an 80% catch probability. But... If you put him in Minute Maid Park or you put him in Citizens Bank, it, it should elevate the the difficulty of that catch. And he went up there and made that catch. The batting average, expected batting average on that swing, six ninety. So I think that kind of puts it in better context of how great that play was. But that was the play of the World Series. That's why the Astros are ahead three to two in this. But Chaz made a phenomenal, unbelievable catch to to finish off or potentially finish off that game let me let me ask something there too especially the expected catch that
0: that is insane especially given the fact they have a chain link fence on the front of that what only in philadelphia well, yeah you're just throwing
1: your body into into danger i mean that was just blatant disregard for for self-preservation right there by chaz and thankfully he caught it and popped up as a kid i ran into many chain link fences you know i mean that was just
0: part of the growing up and they don't it doesn't feel good I don't know if, if any of you have ever run into a chain link fence before. I would yeah. I don't recommend, recommend it. trying it. Yeah. No. But if you, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So that that like that's a ridiculous. I, you're right. Uh, if they only take. That's one of the you know problems with those types of probabilities and stats is they don't take into account every single possible thing that could go on out there. I think the moment, too, has to be factored in because this was... Oh,
1: the context of that catch is ridiculous, yeah.
0: Yeah, between that and, by the way, Trey Mancini's grab uh, the inning prior to that when they hit that ro- just that rocket shot down the first baseline. Um, the, this was the, you know, we've talked about it, and you and I texted yep. last night. This we did. is the first time we have seen defense make this kind of a difference, and we thought it would eventually.
1: Well, and how about the fact that that run scoring on Reese Hoskins, you know, bobble at first base—that's the difference in the game. And like you said, with who knew that we traded for Trey Mancini to have him play defense in the World Series and knock down a big run off the bat of Kyle Schwarber? Right. Uh, You know, fortunately, he was playing in, and I, you know, Joe Espada getting him in position didn't have him getting off first base too far, trying to protect that line and keep that no doubles, uh, you know, idea intact put him in the right place at the right time, and luckily he was able to smother it, step on first base. Uh, So there was a lot of things going in that direction. But yeah, defense definitely exposed itself. And I always believe that you know, I've all you know. I'm a big Chevelle band fan, mm-hmm. and there's a quote in one of their songs that says, "Panic creates remorse." Mm-hmm. And if you panic in panic situations, you're going to lead to trouble. But if your fundamentals are sound enough in panic situations, you revert to your fundamentals and you make the plays, or you're ready to make the plays. And I think that's right. why the Astros came out on top last night because their fundamentals are to play very good defense, as opposed to the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Phillies are to go out and slug, not play. Defense necessarily.
0: Yeah, I I think I may have said it on here before, but there was a great quote from uh, uh, Emmett Smith after uh, talking about why athletes do well on Dancing with the Stars of all things, Mm -hmm. and he said that um, it's because they know how to practice. He said professional athletes. (laughs) He said most people they practice to be good enough to do it once. He says professional athletes practice so long that they they can't get it wrong. He's like the difference between getting it right and not getting it wrong. And you could see that with the Astros and their fundamentals. You could tell that their defense is just really superior to most. And I think you made a, a tremendous point about the bobble of that, uh, of that ball at first base. And honestly, they let a, you know, there's, there were a couple, there was a that bloop into fly into center field that I don't think they all got figured out who was going to be there. There, I mm-hmm. think Brian, Brandon Marsh was playing a little too deep. Um, the infielders didn't get back quick enough. And, and so, yeah, there are some, there were some defensive gaps on their side, and there were some spectacular defensive plays on our
1: side, and, yeah. and that
0: in a game that's three to two, that's really the difference.
1: Oh, Jeremy Pena's line drive off the bat Another of Nick game. Castellanos. Yeah, uh, you need to be able to make plays like that. But again, you know, championship ball clubs get great pitching, great defense, timely hitting, and that's exactly yeah. what happened for the Astros again. But when you're playing those. The teams that usually win those tight, tight ball games have the great pitching and make the plays on defense because as good as the Astros pitching is, it's that much better when you play defense behind it. And I think when you hear a lot of interviews throughout the course of the season, granted it gets a little monotonous throughout the course Mm -hmm. of the season, but there's an underlying theme when you talk to that rotation, when you talk to the closers, when you talk to these high leverage guys, they're Mm -hmm. like... I don't. I may not have my best stuff every single night, but I know that the, there's seven or eight guys behind me. They're going to pick me up, and that's exactly what happened in that game five.
0: Yeah, and it's a really good point. I, the the thing to me too is that it allows pitchers to to throw in the zone because you're not worried yeah, about not guys afraid of hitting. contact. Yeah, let, let them have contact. It's fine. They've got guys behind them to to you know to protect them. Um, I'm going to give a, a a shout out to Blumstradamus. Uh, who yesterday said he imagined that Justin Verlander would pitch just well (laughs) enough to get a victory and defense would make a difference. Also, by the way, we should mention your on-air cohort, Todd Callis, the same thing on Twitter. Now, I don't know if he was listening to you earlier and made a decision that he was going to follow Blumstradamus, but (laughs) his keys to the game included Justin Verlander just getting enough and the defense making a difference. So, bravo uh, for that hey. one. I mean, that's why they pay you the big bucks, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and and luckily I've been watching enough ball games to be able to understand that this was an, <laughs> an opportunity for for JV to go out there and do it, and it was a lot of fun to watch him kind of grind through that uh, that start last night because yeah. it, it got off to a rough start. We talked about the elevated fastball possibly being a pitch that he could go to, and sure enough, Kyle Schwarber gets on top of one and hits it out, but to JV's credit, you know kind of shook it off a little bit made the adjustments got on the slider got on the curveball still used that fastball in some key moments where he set guys up to not to not be ready for it and got some looking strikeouts got some big swings and misses when he needed and was able to get through those 5 innings it was it was high stress no. I, i'm not going to say i was comfortable in in many of those situations but at the same time jv really stepped up did a great job and then the bullpen obviously coming in and shutting that thing out but it was a lot of fun for me to be able to to have the idea of putting J.V. in that situation, understanding <laughs> that he hadn't had a World Series win, and then to see the relief after he came out of those five innings, hugging everybody and appreciating yeah. it, and then doing the post-game interviews—you know—soaking wet, which I'm sure he got a beer bath <laughs> after that game in celebration of him finally getting that World Series win. So he's off the schneid, and he did it in grand fashion. He
0: sure did, and you you said it right. He really ground that one out. I mean, he did not have his best stuff. His location wasn't great uh, at times. But I think one of the things, too, and I wonder if he had four walks, and nobody wants to give up walks, but... I, it almost felt like at times some of the walks he gave up were not purposeful, but he wasn't going to give up anything. He wasn't going to. Yeah. He wasn't going to groove a fastball to somebody. He understood what these hitters could do, and he decided, you know, I'm going to pitch them carefully. If I don't have pinpoint accuracy, then I'm not going to throw them st- anything that, that they're going to be able to. If they if they chase cool, if not, then I guess I'll put them on and I'll face the next guy. Um, especially Harper. You see the yeah. you know guys really being careful with Bryce Harper as you should be, and of course mm-hmm. they you know Brian Presley walked him, and honestly when he walked him I was like good. I was sitting there watching I was like good. Go ahead and pitch to Castellanos.
1: Uh, well, I who definitely... are you gonna have beat you? Yeah, you're exactly. not you're not gonna you're, you know are you gonna have are you gonna pitch to Bryce Harper have him tie it up or are you gonna pitch yeah. to uh, Nick Castellanos and dare him to beat you? And I think that was a better idea. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you know just talking about Justin Verlander you're talking about how he walked a couple of guys in some situations yeah. where maybe he didn't want to pitch to him he's a big golfer and I, if you've played golf and you're staring at the green with your approach shot you're going where do I want my be- where do I want my miss to be. I don't want my miss to be hanging out over the plate. I want it to be in this certain section over here so I can recover from that. And that's kind of the mentality as a pitcher is if I'm going to miss to this guy, I'm not going to miss where he can get to it. I'm going to miss where it's down out of the zone where I either get a chase or I walk him and I'm okay with that. So he, he the lesser of two evils, I guess, is what the idea is. But he did a good job of understanding that and... Not fretting it and going out and attacking the next guy, and I think Nick Castellanos was that guy, unfortunately, who had to take it on the chin. Yeah, and and
0: really good analogy with golf. You're right. A lot of times, is it is it worth the risk, you know, to go yeah. after you know those things? And and in a tight game like this, it's just not. And hey, Ryan Presley goes five p- batters. I mean, Presley. It's so interesting to watch him because my my friend Frank refers to him as Ryan Stressley. Uh, because it feels like so often (laughs) that's what it feels like but man what a performance by him in the last few games didn't even look phased by anything that was going on out there just looked calm and and like it was easy like throwing you know catch in the backyard and just you know filthy stuff as usual um and really just an impressive performance from him
1: yeah, it was it was unfortunate and I'm I'm sure everybody else felt the same way I did, as good as Rafael Montero's been in the past mm-hmm. and during yeah. the regular season and into the postseason, those two walks killed me. I was sitting there just <laughs> my, my hats on sideways and I'm going, dude, we <laughs> can't keep doing this. We have gotta challenge these guys and go get these strikeouts. Yeah. And with two walks, especially in that part of the lineup, too, that bottom portion, the seven, eight, nine guys, you've got to go out there and attack and dare those guys to get their way on to set it up for the for the for the top of the lineup. But then Presley comes in, and you're right. He took the mound with the expectation of shoving. He has supreme confidence in his stuff, mm-hmm. and he is throwing everything out there. We've always known him as the fastball slider curveball guy he's mixed in a changeup there was a little cutter that yeah. he struck out Reese Hoskins I believe with that was yeah. a great pitch elevated in the zone so his creativity ability to execute and that supreme confidence in all of his pitches had it just led him to that but it was a blast. It was so much fun to watch him go out there because as stressing as he can be, he really looked like he was in command and he of course he got Chaz to pick him up on that one swing off Real Muto but you're right, he looked incredibly comfortable.
0: Yeah, he really did and you know it's funny <laughs> during that when you mentioned uh, uh, those walks uh, when Montero was in there, I was you know like I said I was at this restaurant I was with my wife and and uh, two of our friends it's a, me and three ladies and uh they were looking at me as cuz the 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 TV was like right above us so I'm watching and list and also chatting you know throughout the evening and there was one point where they're like it, and my wife kind of looked at me and she goes is he in a bad mood and then she's like it's the game <laughs> yeah she recognized she understands she lo- saw so yep. me looking up and I'm just like I'm like, I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to throw, I'm going to order a tostada just so I can throw it on the floor. <laughs> like that's... A chuckable you know, tostada. Exactly. Anything. So yeah, I understand. And, and Presley came in there. My only worry with Presley was it was going to, is that we're, they were going to overextend him. You know, give him yeah. too many outs. And, and especially... Well, when if you there wasn't the a day off tomorrow, if there wasn't a day true. off tomorrow, they don't use him that, like that. I wasn't even worried about that so much as I was looking down the line and going, okay... Who could possibly who's be next? your last batter? And your last batter, you start counting and you're like, holy, it's going to be Bryce Harper. Yeah. And the one thing you don't want is a high pitch count on your closer when Bryce Harper is at the plates. But he walked him, you know? I mean, he did what I think a lot of the other guys did that, you know, that were pitching to him, uh, except for Brian Abreu, who's just continues to be vicious on the mound. Yeah. But he just decided, you know what? I'm not going to give one up to this guy. Um, and so you know it, it, it worked out in the end, and, and he really was tremendous. You brought up Jeremy Pena earlier. I mean, what else can this the kid? The line drive catch early in the game was incredible. Then he goes out and hit his fourth home run of the postseason. He's hitting over three hundred. His OPS is almost a thousand in the postseason. I mean, he's a rookie for Christ's sake. I mean, what I mean. There are no more superlatives. Really, we can roll out. No. for he's he's not a rookie anymore now, for sure. Yeah, no. <clears throat> but I mean, he is but mature I, beyond his years. It's unbelievable. I mean, I I don't understand it, frankly. I mean, I'm thrilled by it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's amazing to me that a kid can come in here with the weight of expectation that he had as well, because he's replacing one of the best players in Astros history at shortstop, mm-hmm. and he comes in here, and not only does he do well. He excels. I mean, he makes us all forget that
1: Carlos Correa was at shortstop. No, 100%, and I think we're all looking towards the future with Jeremy Pena in it consistently, and he will be the shortstop of the Houston Astros because of everything he's done in getting the gold glove during the regular season. Potentially, you know, Julio Rodriguez may be the rookie of the year, but there's going to be a close vote between him and Jeremy Pena, but Jeremy Pena's gotten the opportunity in the postseason, and he's taken advantage of it. I, I, You know, I, I know we may, you know, run over this topic too many times, but his his dad being a Major League Baseball player, Geronimo Pena, mm. and the experience uh, of growing up in that household and understanding that his dad imparting a lot of that wisdom and a lot of maybe in that gene pool able to install some of that in, mm. his, in his kid – to know to play, how to play in pressure situations. Um, I think it's also a testament to the mentality of, I made a commitment to the University of Maine. He could have gone to any school, probably across the country, but he stuck to his guns and showed the integrity of going to that school and, and maturing there. And then you put him in that game, and he makes a great play, hits a big home run, went to school against Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. and was able to set him up by fouling off some tough pitches and got a hanging breaking ball and hit it out. And then you hear his post-game comments, and he said, I'm not a rookie when I'm on the field. I am a baseball player. I'm out there to compete. I'm out there to help my team win. And that's exactly what he's done, and then some. It's just been so
0: impressive to watch him play. And, and you know, what's interesting, too, is there are a lot of play. He made some tough plays in the field, not just the line drive. He made a couple of Gene Segura of, uh, ground yes. with that chopper? Yes, the chopper. Like, he made it look like nothing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it was just a piece of cake. But that was a very difficult play. I mean, look, I played a small amount of Little League infield. So I'd (laughs) like to think that I have uh, as much knowledge as no one. But uh, I will say that, (laughs) I will say that, you know, playing, even just playing catch with people, just catching something that is odd like that on a field that you're not used to it's that's a complicated play and i think we maybe sometimes take those plays for granted he and bregman have that you know that yeah. left side of the infield just locked on lock and um and they're both young so we've got a lot of good future and i'm sure we'll dig into in the postseason we'll talk about the future of this team but my goodness it's impressive to see them doing this well and and having this bright of a future uh, with Peña and Bregman and Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and on mm-hmm. and on and all the pitchers. The entire pitcher, yeah, pitching yeah, staff. Jeez. Basically the entire we haven't even really seen Hunter Brown and you know, <laughs> this, this, this I mean, come on, yep. man. All right, game six, Fromber is on the on the mound. Um, you know, Fromber was as dominant in game two as you'll ever see a pitcher. Um what do you see? what? What do you see coming in this game? What do you like? I know we both picked the Astros in six. Um, yeah, that would be three wins in a row in the World Series. Ain't easy to do. But what what do you see going into Game Six?
1: Uh, I, I see Fromber doing what he did last time he was out there. A lot of good two seam fastballs running all over that strike zone and having the Philadelphia Phillies try and figure it out. Uh, we talked a lot about defense. I think defense is going to be a big part of that Game Six if Fromber is on because. The Phillies are going to make adjustments. They're a big, they're they're a big swing team. They are an offensive team, and if they get aggressive swinging the bats, there's going to be a lot of ground balls and a lot of opportunities for that defense to make plays. So I count on them to make those plays, and I think that curveball when he gets two strikes. Uh, he, he can go ahead and you know give the signal to the hitter that I'm going to throw that curveball. It's up to you to try and hit it. But as long as he can change speeds and change breaks on that pitch, I think it's going to really benefit him. And then he's going to give up a couple of runs. It's just because the Phillies are that good. But at the same time, I expect the Astros to really jump mm-hmm. on Zach Wheeler again and, and show their offensive dominance to give Fromber a little bit of a cushion. And it's going to be a quality start. It's going to be the Astros scoring four and five runs again, and then it's going to be that bullpen shutting it down. But I think that these guys have a lot of emphasis on going out and winning game six just because Framber's on the mound yeah. and knowing that game seven, anything can happen. So right. win game six, party in the streets, Astros are World Series champions.
0: I Blummer, that sounds fantastic. I, that's, I'm all over that, especially you mentioned Zach Wheeler. Look, he's not right. I don't know what is going on with him. I don't
1: know if it's fatigue or if there's I'm sorry to cut you off, but I I feel like it's the secondary pitches. The velocity's there, but the location's been okay. But I really feel like the secondary pitches have gotten him in trouble.
0: Yeah, and hopefully that's the case in Game 6. I don't want to wish ill on anyone, but I'm going to wish ill on him right now. I hope I hope you pitch poorly, Zach Wheeler. There, I've said it. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, obviously, day off today, so we will be back on Sunday to recap. Hopefully, what is a World Series victory? I'm not sure what time in the day it'll be. It really depends on if they win or not. If they because if they win, it might be a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. Given the uh, potential it'll celebration, be worth the wait. Trust oh, me. Oh, believe me, it's going to be a party. <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining us. As always, please to give us a follow and a like. Thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online, and uh, we will see you guys hopefully with a with a World Series victory in hand and uh, and a, and, a, and a, a day after partying demeanor. So we'll mm-hmm. see you guys on Sunday. Thanks so much. Go Astros!